I had a chip on my shoulder that I felt like, okay, I could do this. Once I get this opportunity, I'm going to see it, and I'm going to kill it. I'm Jeff St. Ironman with Sir Hansen. We're not just realtors or brokers or whatever we are. We are a brand. And part of my brand is, is the look. And plus, I enjoy looking good. You look good, feel good, smell good, sell good. And that's the Deion Sanders line. <laughs> so I worked in television production for a little over a decade, Emmy Award-winning uh, producer. But then I wanted to pivot into, um, into real estate. What makes you think I'm gonna leave what I have here and I'm gonna go down to the bottom in this new field? It's two things, faith, and confidence. So many people, especially when you feel like you've reached whatever this level is in one field, they're afraid to make that pivot. They're afraid to start over. Fear can just keep you in a space and in a box. And for there to be growth, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to have that humility to say, okay, I'm gonna start over. Is there like a dark moment? Feeling underestimated, feeling slighted? I think, um, first of all, yeah, it's a hell of a questions, man. I may have to go see a therapist <laughs> No, we just do it all here. Is the therapist included. <laughs> exactly, the therapy session here. I'll just bill you off to this. Yeah. Um, no, I think for me, that started, you know, if we look at your career, it takes confidence to be working with Kanye West in common. It takes confidence to win Emmys. It takes confidence to make the pivot from sports production to real estate. Where does your confidence come from? I would tell you, my confidence comes from... That's a cliffhanger. Okay, nice. Stand by. Callum Johnson Show. Jeffrey St. Aramond on the pod. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Callum, thank you so much for having me. I'm, this is one of the first times I'm actually in person, so I'm ready for some good energy and good conversation. I know, we're pleased to have you. And I, um, even when you walked in, I was like, this is the sharpest dressed <laughs> guest that we've had so far. Like, you uh, took the number one spot. Uh, I, I appreciate that. But, you know, we're, we're big on brand. Branding is important. We're not just realtors or, or brokers or whatever we are. We are a brand. And part of my brand is is the look. And yeah. Plus, I enjoy looking good. You look good, feel good, smell yeah. good, sell good. And that's yeah. the Deion Sanders line. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so here's where I, um, I want to begin. So you're a three-time Emmy Award winning as a sports producer. Yep. Um, worked on some of the biggest events, mm -hmm. right? Um, together with your team, you've sold over $300 million in real estate. Yep. I've, list, I've, list, I've listed off a couple of accomplishments. Okay, yeah. I'm sure there's many more. <laughs> if you were going to look back on your career and think back, which is the proudest one? Which is the one that you think of and you're like, that was really like a turning point. That was a meaningful accomplishment for me. Um, what comes to mind? This episode is brought to you by Free Agency. If you want to take your career to the next level, Free Agency is a company that you should check out. They manage and represent talent in the tech industry, and they provide you with a dedicated talent agent to help you find, engage, and win top of market roles that will maximize your earning potential. No more leaving money on the table. Stop job searching alone and start building your dream career today with free agency. Anyway, back to the show. You're starting off with the, with the loaded questions already, huh? Mm. Okay. Um, I'd have to really give that some thought. I mean, one, one, as you were saying that, one thing I would think of it may be odd to say this, but just I would parse it off into television versus real estate um, mm. and give you two answers there. But as it pertains to television, I would say one of the things that I'm most proud of, um, because at, at this time in television, there really wasn't a, a lot of uh, influence of the culture into television production. So I, I want to say I was one of the first to really push that envelope. And now you see a lot of 
whether it be rappers or whomever else doing um, branding deals with networks for uh, Final Fours, uh, NBA Championship. I think most recently Kala did it or something. Mm. Um, but not to date myself, I did a video with uh, for the Super Bowl with Kanye West and and Common, and it was you know so and this was all I didn't have anyone else like uh, assisting me to to get to get these guys to do to be a part of it. Um, it was when Chicago was in the Super Bowl, mm. and so um, I, I told them it would harken back to like the Super Bowl shuffle and something like that. And and they and and ironically, we, I have a connection with Common because I went to um, I graduated from Florida A and M University, and Common was there for a couple of years until he embarked on his great career. Yeah. Um, so I leaned on that, and and that video in the Super Bowl was probably um, something I'm most proud of because it was just me. Um, I had great a great editor that I worked with, a great DP that I worked with, that really got um, great shots, and um, the entire production team that was involved with getting us time in the studio in LA, and then determining which song we're going to use, and then change the lyrics to make it football relevant. Mm. I thought that was really um, groundbreaking. And then after that, then you know, Fifty Cent did something with Monday Night Football, and then other and then other athletes and and um, rappers started you know, doing those type of uh, brand deals. So that I thought was really um, trailblazing in doing mm. that. And I remember the entire uh, Super Bowl compound was like, what is going on? Kanye West and Common are coming into the edit room to go see the video. And so it was, it was really, it was, I think that, that, that was a really um, poignant moment that I remember. Um, so that's that. Uh, in real estate, I would say um, just understanding the importance of, of working with a lot of other people. Mm. Uh, most recently, um, well, I'll, I'll say two things. One was bringing the skill set from television into real estate and then really seeing how well that was embraced, especially most recently as I um, started to work at Sirhant uh, with Ryan Sirhant in that, um, in that, studio, in that um, brokerage. We have an in-house studio team, mm. um, about 25, 25, uh, yeah, 25 production people in the, in the studio team. And we did a video that was so well received. Um, both I did one and my fiance did one, um, and we did one together that really changed, um, made an impact at the firm because I was our first year there, and we were like, oh, out of the blue, these guys are doing these great videos. And also, I think that that contributed to us selling a property. Not, I know mm. it contri contributed to us selling a property for five hundred thousand over ask. Mm. Wow. So um, those two things were were I think were pretty big accomplishments. Um, Thinking right now, since you just asked me the question, but yeah, yeah, I think those two things were really, were really, really big moments in my career. Yeah, you know, I think um, it's interesting because the reason, and you can actually tell me if this is correct, but just listening to you, the sense I got is the um, the pride in the accomplishment and the reason those two stand stood out in particular is because it was like um, it was a trailblaze. It was trailblazing. Yeah. It was um, first of its kind. It was leading the way. Um, is that the reason that you would say that like those ones were meaningful? Because you were the first doing it. You were the first through the door. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I was necessarily, well, definitely for the, the NFL when I was probably the first through the door, one of the first doing that. Um, and as it pertains to television, I mean, to uh, real estate, I definitely wasn't the first, but I think I was the first one to really put a different spin to it. Mm. To be quite honest, we're not, there's no one that's really the first at anything. 
Yeah. We're really just reinventing, reinventing things that happened previously and just putting your own spin on it and making it unique. And that's what I, um, I'm really most proud of is that I can find something that was, has been done before and find a way to make it my, my own and really mm. brand it with the, you know, JSA as I, you know, cause I'm JSA sells NYC on IG, uh, shameless plug there. But, um, <laughs> as I, you know, I just brand it JSA like as my thing. So when people see videos, um, you know, certain content that I put out, they know that this is something that is unique to me. And I think that's what's really important because especially in this landscape, as we speak specifically to real estate, there are so many realtors. So mm -hmm. how do you separate yourself from, you know, from the fray of everyone else? And I think that's one of the things that I really have a lot of pride in is, is the way I market and, and the level of creativity. Um, because ultimately everything is a story. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your storytelling, whether it be in, in television production or at home, there's always a story that you're telling and you want that you know, specifically as it pertains to real estate, you want that buyer and or seller to really feel engaged by the home and not just the home, but also the community. Mm. So that type of storytelling, I think it's really important to give some type of energy so they know, oh, this is what it would be like if I'm here with my family or if I choose to purchase this property, this is the feel and the energy that it is. And so you convey that story to them. So that's what I really think is important. That I put my stamp on it mm. and then they know, oh, this is, I know who did this. Yeah. No, that's great. And I love what you said at the end of like um, putting your stamp on things. Because mm -hmm. um, that's really when you create a magic, right? Absolutely. It's when you take something that's good, but then you mix it with your own storytelling ability, your own branding, um, your own personality, charisma, character. Um, and that feeds into what brand is, right? It's putting your stamp on something. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to... Um, your television days, okay, as you call it, and and let's even talk about the um, the common and the Kanye West moment. How does something like that come together? First of all, and then second of all, when you're working with talent like Common and Kanye West, especially Kanye, we know like <laughs> he has like a vision, right, for everything. Right, he right. has his own stamp. Mm -hmm. Um, that he wants to put on any, anything that he's involved with. From the production side of things, from being a producer, working with talent like that, the Super Bowl, how do you even put your stamp on, on something like that? Well, I think a lot of that has to deal with the level of confidence that I have. Mm. You have to be confident in what it is that you're going to do and be able to convey that to the talent you know, so they can see your vision. Again, the storytelling, that's the inception of the storytelling. You determine what the storytelling story is for yourself as you, you know, lay out the production of what you're going to do. And then you have to be so confident in the, in the vision that they see, that they see your vision as well. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to Kama, I'm like, oh, this is what we're going to do. You know, uh, we're going to shoot it in the studio, really have it an organic feel as if you guys are just, you know, laying down the track in the studio and we're going to intercut, you know, great images of the football game and, and do some great graphics behind you. Um, and we really need you to bring the energy. So as they're, as they, and I never forget this, as they're, um, they're, they're doing their rhyme and, and doing their, their, their verses, I'm directly behind the camera, like just doing all this, like as if I'm listening to it there to get yeah. their energy up, yeah. to keep them engaged because it's not, it's just me, them, and maybe a couple of production people. So now I'm just, I just get right into it. So it's really a matter of, of having that right energy and they know that, okay, I can trust this guy. I can trust him implicitly on what he's going to do. Um, and, 
he's going to take care of me. And then obviously they come to the edit to make sure it's, it's what they, what I initially told him and it, and it was, but that's really the way it is. And, and, and also not also being flexible mm. because to your point, someone like Kanye, um, I think he was just, yeah, I remember, I remember now I'm really thinking back to hearkening back to it. He was, um, he didn't have any rhymes written. So mm. he was just mumbling the, like, it was interesting to see his creative process. Mm. So he was just mumbling lines and figuring it out and figuring it out. And then, um, then he was like, okay, let's go. So it's like giving the latitude to let them to, for me to understand that they're sim- just as creative as I am mm. and giving them that latitude, but just making sure that it stays within the overall structure of what I want to do. You know, and then again, I always like to draw parallels. That's the same thing with real estate. Because with, with, whether it be a seller that you're working for, ultimately, mm. you have a vision and they may not want to do, you know, do something that you want to do. So how then do you edit? You know, how do you pivot? You know, mm. I, I always coined this phrase, the power pivot from, you know, one career to the next. But it's also the power pivot with understanding that you work for them and they may not want to do this. So how do you find that comfortable medium? Mm. So it's just keeping, keeping that in mind, especially when it comes to like... Uh, uh, trying to get price reductions, you know, if it's mm. something is priced too high, you know, you it wants to be you want to price it at this level, but they want to be up here. So how do you find that common ground? Mm. So that's that's part of the thing that you understand that you know it's it's a collaborative effort, mm. but you come with a plan to begin with. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I love the um, I love hearing about people's like creative process, mm-hmm. and then I also love the dynamic between like confidence. And the there's a certain level of like um, we even spoke a few weeks ago with a music producer, okay, um, and he's worked with like some prominent artists, um, and he was talking about how like a lot of the times, right until the end, you don't really see the final song that you're like, oh, this is the hit, mm-hmm. this like we got it here, right? Ninety percent of the time, you're like, what are they doing? Or like maybe they're um i was telling a story a few a few episodes ago about uh, jay-z's creative process okay and how he kind of will just be like mumbling the words to songs um and a lot of people be looking at him like what is going on but then when he gets in the studio it's like done it's perfect yeah. um and what you realize is there's a certain there's commonalities between people's process and there's actually a lot of uncertainty up until the moment that you come to that final product and it takes a lot of um there's a certain level of faith right Mm -hmm. that you're going to get there that in the end through this process you're going to get to the final um you're going to get to the final product um i'm curious like you know when i looked at your career path it's unique like it's very unique um, even if you just said to someone like sports producer goes to real estate, mm-hmm. and then crushing it in real estate. Um, it feels like you would have needed a lot of faith as you were going through the steps. <laughs> um, that's, I laugh because that's a hell of an understatement. Yeah. Complete level of faith. Yeah. Um, you know, s- spiritual faith, number one, mm-hmm. and faith in 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 the direction that you're going Mm. um and understanding that it's not a um it's not an instant gratification i mean Mm. in both in 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 both fields because you know i started entry level as a researcher Mm. and then i ended up you know becoming a broadcast associate associate director feature producer and then 
you know, um, so that was a path. And it's the same thing in, in real estate. You know, I, I just knew that I wanted to, um, I knew I needed coaching mm. to expedite that learning curve. So I did that. But I knew ultimately that I could, the skill set that I had can really make an impact in, in the industry. Mm. And I felt the same way in television also. Because prior to becoming a feature producer, there were other feature producers that were doing things. And, you know, I would, I would watch everything that they do, sit in and edit rooms, get a sense of what they're doing. And then, you know, and now in retrospect, I think about it, I was putting my stamp on that. So I knew, okay, once I get that opportunity, here's what I'm going to do different. Mm. Um, and, and learn from those people that were, you know, more seasoned than I was until I got that opportunity and then I was able to run with it. And again, I think the same thing holds true in real estate. You know, once I had the coaching to get the, the bare basics down initially, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in, in the office and I would gravitate to the top salespeople in the office and see what are they doing? Mm. You know, uh, what can I absorb from them? You know, um, and I think uh, I always tell people this, the, was it the 10,000 hours? Yeah. Um, who is that, uh, the author there? Uh, I think it was it, Malcolm Gladwell? Yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. With uh, 10,000 hours. I think that's so true because, you know, I was doing that prior to that book even coming out. And then I realized, oh, wow, this is, <laughs> I spent more than 10,000 hours in television mm. and I spent more than 10,000 hours in real estate. And, and there's, I w the one caveat to that, well, I'd say 10,000 hours, making sure you're surrounded by people who are really the best at what they do. Mm. And with that, the success will come. But I never, I never wavered. Um, but I just knew that there were there were definitely ebbs and flows, you know, mm. especially in real estate. Um, and that's one thing where that faith um, was was important to push through those hard times. Mm. But um, and I tell people that all the time. I never sugarcoat it. You know, it's not an easy industry to break into. Um, but if you, you know, if you're able to to stick through it. And you know you're getting the systems in place, you're getting the education you need, the mentoring you need, mm. you know, the results are gonna come. But it's 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 a journey. It's mm. a journey. And I'm still on the journey now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know what I um there's a path, right? And it's it's exactly what you outlined. It's like the the preparation. And there's a ton of preparation that's um goes into achieving anything. Mm -hmm. And you're preparing, you're preparing, you're preparing. And you're not even seeing the results, right, in that time. Yeah. And that's when the faith is keeping you going. And then within, that, within those hours of preparation, those 10,000 hours of preparation, there's going to be opportunities where now it's your moment. Like the, the spotlight is almost on you and now it's your time to like show what you've got. Absolutely. Um, when I say that, are there moments in your career in television that come to mind where you'd been preparing and then you got your shot and I don't know, just, just break down like a, like a story for us, like of like, yeah, this can... is, this is the time. And then like, also um, like why you felt prepared, because I, the one thing I always say, there's, n there's no better feeling than your moment coming. And you have like supreme confidence because you're like, I was built for this moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, now you're really making me jog back. But I, I could think of one. Uh, it's a pretty, and, and it's it's actually apropos now as we enter into March Madness. Yeah. Um, I produced uh, one shining moment, which is the 
the um, highlight reel, essentially, of the entire tournament. So after the championship um, team is crowned, then we have this one shining moment with all the great moments of, of the uh, NCAA tournament. And it was like an iconic piece of, um, for the network at that point. And it was my opportunity. And I still think I'm the only African-American to have ever produced that. Wow. Um, and we had a big spread on um, some big press. I want to say USA Today did a piece on me prepping for that, mm. um, which was completely um, something I was shocked by. But I had worked with so many other producers doing that particular event. I'd worked on so many, you know, as an associate producer at that point, um, so many other uh, producers. And that was that moment. That, that, was, that was my one shining moment, as it were. Mm. You know, I knew that that was the opportunity that now this is what you worked for and here it is and you're on that stage, you're on that grand stage. And, um, and it was a great, I, I think, you know, you know somewhat biased. <laughs> I, I think it was one of the better one shining moments that have been produced. But it was, um, that was it. That, w- that was that moment. And it was, um, you know, and when you're in, in that time, you don't really think about um, the, the trailblazing that you're doing for other people who are, um, look similar to me who, who want that type of opportunity. But I, I think I, I definitely, um, I did a great job with it. And that, that was that moment. That was mm. that moment. Yeah. yeah. No, that's special. That's special. Um, I think everything that you're saying, it takes like... Um, I think about even what you're saying about being the first or the only like black um, producer to even work on Shining Light. One Shining One moment. Shining Moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Clearly you're not a big sports fan. I am, but oh, I'm okay. not really the only American. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, yeah, see, this is my American bias. I say it, sports, I think of like American sports. Yeah. You're probably a big football fan. Yeah, yeah, I love football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and not the NFL, mind you. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> I'm actually getting more into the NFL. Actually. Are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm getting them like assimilating to the American culture. <laughs> um, but like even even to be the first one, and, and I've definitely felt this in my career, a lot of the times you're um and I think a lot of minorities would feel this. I definitely feel it as like a black black man. Um you're stepping into rooms and like a lot of the times you're the only one or oh. you're like one of a few. Right. And so um if we look at your career. It takes confidence to be working with Kanye West in common. Mm-hmm. It takes confidence um, to win Emmys. It takes confidence to make the pivot from sports production to real estate. It takes confidence to even just do sales. Right. It takes confidence to be in rooms where you're like, you stand out basically in most rooms that you come in straight off the bat mm-hmm. without saying anything. Much um, less being dressed this way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really stand out. <laughs> um, where does your. Where does your confidence come from? I would tell you, uh, my confidence comes from, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have, uh, I, and people have heard this story before. I have two sisters that are brilliant. Um, they're about, you know, six, seven years older than me. Mm. But that's where the confidence comes from. I have one that's a, um, the head of orthopedic surgery at a... Um, the chief is what she, she would, I can hear in my ear now, chief, <laughs> the chief of orthopedic surgery at, um, at a hospital in, in uh, uh, Baltimore. I have another that um, became, uh, she's an attorney and she became partner at 26. And now she's, um, 
an angel investor uh, slash VC. Mm. So, um, and then one went to one went to Brown, the other one went to University of Pennsylvania, and so, and they just exude their con their their confidence to me, and um, uh, they were really they were really the backbone for that. I, I would definitely say that, mm. and and you know they just basically I would say they were like almost my 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 surrogate parents because mm. there was such a big age difference, but they were going through things and they'll tell me how they deal with it. Um, and how to have that level of confidence, making sure, you know, obviously the old adage, you have to work twice as hard. Um, but just that, that's really where it came from. And to see their successes, mm. um, it put a level of uh, pressure, as it were, on me to make sure that I was, I, I can achieve, you know, and feel confident and, and, and be pleased with what my achievements are. Mm. Um, so I went to Florida A&M instead of uh, uh, Ivy League school, but Many would say Florida A&M is the Ivy League school of HBCUs, mm. but um, that that's really where it came from. That's really where, until and, and still to this day, um, you know, one of my sisters, the one that's the uh, angel investor, um, she she made the pivot from being an attorney, you know, a t top attorney, and going into um, international, let's say international law, mm. um, and then ultimately, you know, going into the the, the angel investor space. And so she, because of that entrepreneurial spirit, she now can relate with the ebbs and flows that you go through in real estate. Mm. And so she was important in um, early parts of my career as someone that I can lean on that could actually um, relate. That there was, was she was relatable, you mm. know. And so that that's where that's where it comes from. That's mm. exactly where it comes from. That's interesting because, um, and it's great that it's like that. But I've also heard I've heard a lot of stories. When someone has like um, an older sibling who's like highly accomplished mm -hmm. or just kind of brilliant, because some people are just brilliant, right? Um, like even when they were kids, you're like, yeah, this person just brilliant, yeah. Um, and there's a pressure that comes with that because you're like, you're like, damn, I have to hit the marks that they're setting. Mm -hmm. um, I don't just want to be associated with like what they're doing. I want to create your uh, own, create yeah. your own space. Um, did you ever feel any pressure i wouldn't say pressure because you know the i would have felt pressure had i wanted to be an attorney or a doctor mm. then i would feel pressure but i went more the creative route mm. so if anything they were more um pleased by what i was doing because there was no real path mm. you know what they're doing they go to you know they go to college they go to med school they go to law school you know you you do everything else and you have a direct path into what you want to do there's no path for me mm. so you know I went to college. I had post grad internships. I was in Houston. I ended up at you know in, in network television and doing this and that, you know. So they were more. They supported me because of that. Because I had the 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 I guess the huspa as it were to really go out and do something that's that's unconventional. Mm. Especially being you know from a West Indian family, you know it's either doctor or lawyer and yeah. they did both yeah and so now who tv what is this tv <laughs> thing you want to do so yeah. that that's they were really more supportive to me than than it was like uh yeah i gotta get to where they are you know yeah that's yeah it, it was interesting in, in that dynamic the way it worked out yeah um but that that's how it worked out yeah worked I'm, out. I'm curious your your um your mindset early on because i think you always hear with like people that um 
really are able to achieve stuff i feel like they usually fall into a few different categories mm. you have the person um and maybe kanye west is like the perfect representation of this okay the one who like before they've done everything but before they've done anything they are certain that like i'm going to succeed i'm gonna do this and they come with that bravado that confidence that almost borders on arrogance from like day one they're certain of it they are convinced and then i think you have um you also see a lot of people that like they're they're dedicated they're putting the time in they're putting the work in but they're just unsure of how it's going to come about mm-hmm. and they're kind of just following these threads they're following their interests they're trying to do the best at every step and just by being in the moment by just honing their craft they kind of um they almost ascend to a level by accident not mm-hmm. accident in that they didn't want it to happen but right. they didn't know it was going to happen in this way right um which one would you say you were early on were you like yeah i'm gonna do all these things like i'm gonna the emmys are gonna be there i'm gonna work and these events or was it i think it was a little bit of both mm. i think early on it definitely wasn't the bravado and the confidence it was more like head down nose to the grindstone and do the work mm. um and as i started to see different accomplishments and, and things i achieved then i started to like a lot of athletes, you know, because I was always around them in, in the sports space, I started creating like a chip. I had a chip on my shoulder that I felt like, okay, I could do this. And they're going to, once I get this opportunity, they're going to see it. Mm. And I'm, I'm, and I'm going to kill it. Mm. Um, and then as I started doing that and more of that, that chip evolved to that, to that bit of the confidence that, yeah, why, why should I do? Mm. And so in a lot of these things I did without the support of anyone else to um, make that happen. I mean, I did another video with, with, uh, with, um, who was this? This was with, uh, Puff Daddy and, and someone else. Yeah. Puff Daddy for the Super Bowl. Another mm. one, you know, and I did that all on my own, like bringing that, bringing that in, you know, getting that relationship. And so, whereas there was some other people that had, you know, a bigger budget and, and more means to get access to people. So I had to work harder to do that. Mm. So that's kind of like the chip and the confidence at the same time. And I think the same thing with real estate is, um, Initially was head down, nose to the grindstone, getting it done. Then as I realized, okay, I, I could do this and I can evolve to higher price points into the luxury space. And, and then the confidence came in. Then more the, then using the skill set from television, using that, say, here's what I'm going to do to really change, you know, change the game in this space, mm. um, especially as a, as a black man doing, you know, working in luxury. Mm. Then I started noticing other people trying to mimic similar things. But, you know... Um, so that that's that's that was that was my process, and that's where I would fall a little bit of both. You know, initially it's like just head down, little chip on the shoulder, mm. and then then and I but I guess internally the the confidence and the arrogance was there, mm. but I could never really bring it out until after I felt comfortable. Like, okay, I got this. Yeah. Now you're gonna see. Now the com- the level of confidence comes out. Yeah. So which is probably where I'm at right now. Okay. Nice. <laughs> no, that's a that's a good level to be. That's a good place to be. And I think um, it'd be funny if you did like a study of the people that are successful, how many of them have like a chip on their shoulder. Like oh. it's a It's really a common pat- theme. Yeah. It's a common theme. Because you just think about like, you know, Jordan. I mean, I know, especially from Jordan, I don't think LeBron does it that much. But I know with, he would find one thing that someone might have said. Or I know Kobe definitely did it. Mm. One thing or a quote that someone might have said or, you know, 
someone says something during the game and that's it. And then mm. that's what they trigger to be, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's common. It's a powerful motivator. You know, what's actually interesting. Um, Tim Grover, he was the trainer for Michael Jordan. Uh, I think he trained, he trained Kobe and he trained Dwayne Wade as well. And he has a book called Relentless. Uh, he has a few books, uh, all very good. And in one of the pages, in one of the chapters, he talks about what separates an all-star from an all-time great. Mm. So like, even if you think about the NBA, to be an NBA player, you're already in like the top 0.001% of anyone playing basketball. Right. The all-stars, um, I don't know how many get selected, like 24, 25? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So within a very select exclusive pool, you're great mm -hmm. an all-time great is like you're basically a unicorn it's like something different and they ask him they're like what separates all-star from all-time great like what makes someone all-time great he said the greats there's there's a darkness to them mm. they all have a certain space that they can go to where it's like it's like they're so present to the moment it's the killer instinct yeah there's um there's a certain moment where it just gets quiet. Mm -hmm. And usually for like, if you're looking at Jordan or you're looking at Kobe, it's a, it's a certain point in the fourth quarter where it's time to close. And they take over. And they take over. Yeah. And it's because they, they can go to a mental space where everything is so quiet and they're so um, instinctive. They're so in the moment yeah. that then their training and their talent is just like working in perfect accordance with their mind. Um. I want to know where did the chip start? Is there like a dark moment? Um, feeling underestimated, feeling slighted. Like where did it begin? I mean, I think, I think. Um, first of all, yeah, it's a hell of a questions, man. You you really making me like get. I may have to go see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just do it all here. It's the therapy is included. Exactly, the therapy session here. <laughs> just build you off to this. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think for me, that started. You know, something that you mentioned earlier about being the only person sometimes in a room, mm. and just by being in that room and whatever the space is and being underestimated. Um, that was it. That was it. Like, and knowing that I had. Um, the talent, you know, because, you know, again, not to date myself, but back back then when coming from an HBCU, it doesn't have it didn't have the uh, illustrious um, profile that it has now. Like mm. right now, it's a prideful. I mean, it was and it was among African-Americans, but not across the board, mm. you know, so it was perceived that, oh, you're not as good as because you're you went to the you went to HBCU and not, you know. University of Pennsylvania or Brown or, or you know, wherever yeah. else. And so when you come into those rooms, you're dealing with that perception. So you have to overcome that. And then that was the one thing that just transcended in everything. And so mm -hmm. now when I went into real estate, it was still the same thing. I used the same chip of being someone that may not know this space and the people who've been here longer. Mm -hmm. So that, that was my internal chip that I used. Um, and and to get into that dark space and to really um, get down and really study um, and just continue to work at things without seeing the results. Mm. You know, that that's a, you talk about faith. That is faith, right? Mm. You, you, you pray for things and 
you just hope that it happens and you have the faith that it will happen. And, and it's the same thing when you get into that dark space, you work hard enough because you know those things will happen, but you're not seeing those results as timely as you would like to, but mm-hmm. you continue the work. And, and I think that's where, that's where you, um, that's where that, that's, that's my dark space. When I get into that work and I know that on the other side, there's some big things that are going to happen. Mm. Um, and, and I tell people all the time, it's like when you, that one moment when you decide to, to say no, you're steps away from that one breakthrough. Mm. You know, um, I never forget when my fiance, when she, cause I came into the industry a little bit, maybe a year or so before she did. And she was, you know, the same is, 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 it's like a, it's like a playbook. You know, you work hard, you do things, but you're not seeing the results. And she was getting frustrated. And I told her, just keep at it. It's gonna, it's gonna pay off. Mm. And then, you know, the pipeline opened up and it was, it was, it was, you know, careers taken off. Mm. And that, that's, that's what it is. Like you get into that space, you keep that confidence, you know, you rely on that confidence. That's the dark space that leads to, to, you know, sunlight and to greatness. Yeah. You know? No, it's a beautiful moment when it all when it all pans out, when everything makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always, the, I think the thing I've found, the rare instances it's happened in my life so far, the, the timing is always perfect. It's always, um, in the hindsight, you're happy that you had to wait a bit longer. Right. Because the timing was just right every time. Um, but you have to believe that. You have to have faith in it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about like winning the first Emmy, mm-hmm. like the first one that you won. Like, what was the emotion? I mean, it, it was, it was, it was great. It was great. I just, um, it was great because I knew I, I actually contributed to, um, to that win. Mm. You know, it was a, it was a collective win. It was for, um, I think this was for, um, basketball. It was a, um, uh, NBA playoffs. Mm. So I knew I was doing features with, um, with talent and this was part of pregame and halftime show. So I know it was uh integral part and I, I know I had a, I played a role in that. So it was, it was good to just see that um, you were rewarded for your hard work, mm. you know, but at the same time, I don't use that as a benchmark for like greatness mm. because I know there's things that I've done that have been so different and so creative that in the eyes of, uh, the nominees, not the nominees, the, the voters, they didn't find it worthy, but I knew it was, you know, something that was really trailblazing and, and really great. So it was a good emotion, but I don't, you know, it's great as, you know, conversation piece, mm. but I don't allow that or any award for that matter to really be a barometer of, of what my success is. Mm. You know, I think the same way I have that faith, I know internally what I'm doing and the impact I'm having on people. Um, and that's what is really the determination of success for me. And I think a lot of times, you know, we're off on the heels of, uh, of the Oscars, mm. you know, and people look for, um, you know, success from the, uh, you know, uh, the Academy for whatever. But you know, when you do great, when you, when you have great body of work, I mm. mean, Denzel's only won maybe two Oscars, one Oscar, I'm mm. not even certain. But I can tell you that he's done tremendous amount of work that, that leaves a legacy for what he's done. Mm. And and he wouldn't replace what he's done for an additional Oscar, mm. you know. So I think we have to get away from thinking that, you know, being recognized by um, whatever body it is, whether you know whomever, that that justifies your work. Mm. You know, your work is what you know is good, and um, and you know the successes will come. But I, I don't like to Emmys are great, and you know whatever else. But I, I don't like to make it seem like 
that was a huge accomplishment because yeah, on paper it is, but to me personally, no. Yeah. I, I, if, if you really want to be honest, I think I should have gotten several other Emmys as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Um, I think it's also, and, and you kind of spoke to it. It's also like uh, the respect from peers and also the respect from people that you like, that you worked with, that you were there day to day with. Um, I know for me personally, it's also like uh, the respect of family members as well. Mm-hmm. Like people that really know you, that know, because uh, a lot of people just see this, right? Right. They see you like when the cameras are on with the, in the beautiful studio, with the production. Um, they see the Oscar award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't see the, the moments between that. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes to get to this point. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really what you take, take pride in. The people that you worked with, uh, family members, friends that, that know you. Yeah, it's like um, Drake says, you know, you weren't with me when I was shooting in the gym. Yeah. You know, you're not there yeah, when the work is happening. iconic line, yeah. You know, you, you, you're not there. Yeah. So that's where, and, and the people who are with you when you're shooting in the gym, that's, that's, that's who really knows, you know, how, what's important to you. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's my thing. I think about that all the time. It's like, you know, social media, stuff like this is just a continuous highlight reel of your successes. Yeah. You know, very few people are transparent with what goes on day to day and how you deal with those, um, you know, those peaks and valleys of the industry. Yeah. Um, especially now with, with the market being so volatile as it is. Yeah. But, you know, everyone is, everyone is always showing, you know, the greatness that they do in a seller's market where they're doing you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand over ask. Mm. But when you're have to be creative to get someone to come to this property and it's just lingering on the market and you have developers or sellers that are saying what's going on, you know, and then they're, you know, in the back of their mind, they're thinking, maybe I get a different broker, you know. So that's where that's where the hard work comes in. Mm. And that's what's not showcased enough, quite frankly. Mm. Because that'll that that level of transparency and being able to put that out there, I think that'll propel you as, you know, we go back to brand, propel you and your brand because of the journey, but it'll also give people a true perspective on, on, on what's, on what you need to do, the work, mm. the work. You can't, you, you can't, you cannot sidestep the work. Mm. The work is, is not even a necessary evil, but it's a must. It's mm. a must, you know? And so that, that, that's what I'll tell you. Yeah. No, I, I want to I get deeper into your, um, into your real estate career. But mm-hmm. to finish off, to finish off the, the television piece, um, you obviously worked with a lot of like really high profile uh, talent and individuals. I'm curious of in that process of working with them, was there someone who surprised you? Was there someone who you were like, wow, the way he or she like works, it's like, dang, like I didn't know like they were bringing, like you spoke about work, mm-hmm. like the work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't sidestep the work. Was there someone that when you think back, you're like, you're like, yeah, they're kind of the standard, like. Yeah, and this is going to sound odd, but you know who that person is for me was uh, Shannon Sharp. Mm. Um, he's a Hall of Famer. I love Shannon Sharp. Yeah, he's yeah. a Hall of Famer. I worked with him when he um, came into television and, and it, sh- it shouldn't be a shock, but it was a shock because I know as a hall of famer, you have a level of work ethic clearly because you're at the pinnacle of 
of your career and, and, you know, only few people get into the hall of fame. But initially when he started, there was a lot of pushback with his enunciation and, and his accent being, you know, his Southern accent and stuff like that. And I worked with him, um, as his producer Mm. and he got better and better. And I can, I know that when he got home, he was looking at films, you know, similar to Mm. what he did in, in his football days, he was looking at film. He continued to work, work at it, and he got progressively better, progressively mm. better. And I know he put in the work. And, I, and, and the only thing that surprises me is because a lot of times when you, success, when you succeed at that level in something else, mm. you don't necessarily feel like you want to put in the work again in a whole different field. Mm. But he put in the work. And I watched him evolve and become, you know, now that he, he has his own show with Skip Bayless. And I would say, you know, he's probably the star of the show and not Skip yeah. at this point. Yeah. But he's, um, the work ethic that he put in to be where he is now, mm. knowing from where I know he started, um, and to see that process in front of me, that, that was something that, that I was like, okay, he's putting in the work. Mm. He's putting in the work. And he continues to do it in something that he's not the best at right now. Um, and he's gotten so much better. And he's going to continue to improve. Mm. and and that that's the person that's the that yeah that would be the one that's amazing you yeah. know you know what's funny about um shannon and he's so he's so talented um is even for me and i'm sure for like a lot of people we know him first as a television personality right and presenter mm-hmm. uh that is an incredible achievement just in of itself like you have one of the arguably the greatest tight end ever and he'll walk into certain rooms with certain people and they will know him first and foremost uh, for being a television personality. For yeah. something that he started like in the, like near the end of his sporting career. Yeah. Um, and just by putting in those reps and that work over time, he was able to craft that legacy for himself. Um, and, and actually, he, he pretty much, I would say now as I think about it, I, I, I use the power pivot. But... He, he started the power pivot because mm. that's a hell of a pivot from where he was to pivoting in the television and being completely known now as, you know, as you mentioned, a television personality. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the true power pivot right there. Yeah. And, and, and the thing I, um, one of the things you said at the start is like um, leaving your stamp, leaving your mark on something. And he's one of one. Mm-hmm. Like... I would say him. I would say Skip Bayless as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. Yep. It's like you can't replace these people. Right. You can't swap someone out and put someone else in and they give you that effect. Uh, they really left their mark on it. Um, I think one of the things uh, that you said that's interesting is how difficult it is to go from being at the top of one field to then going to another field and dedicating your time. And instantly when you said that, I thought, why is it so difficult? And in my mind, the reason it's so difficult is because it takes an insane amount of humility. Because if we use the Shannon Sharp example, you're, you get respect everywhere you go for what you did on the football field. Um, you're one of the best. And there's a comfort and a confidence that comes in knowing I'm Shannon Sharp. I'm Hall of Fame tight end. In your case, um, I've won these Emmys and I'm, I get the sense, you don't even think like this, but like the, you're accomplished in mm-hmm. this field. And so to go to another field and basically be a novice 
when no one respects you in that field you're just seen like in shannon sharp's case he's just the tight end that's now trying to talk about the nba or like other sports topics in your case you're like the the sports producer who's now trying to do real estate right um and i'm sure you even you can feel that sometimes off Mm -hmm. people it's like what does he know about real estate right here's where i want to begin with it you're at the top of a field you've put in a ton of preparation you've built relationships um you've gone the extra mile what makes you think i'm gonna leave what i have here and i'm gonna go down to the the bottom in this new field i'm gonna do all that preparation again i'm gonna build all those relationships again what spurs that what makes you think like that it's two things and i'm gonna try to say it in the right order of importance i think it's um faith and confidence those are the two things that we talked about earlier and that it continues it resonates throughout because knowing that i don't believe different thoughts or ideas come into your head that you feel you can do without um without there being some truth to it i've always even while i was in edit rooms and 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 working on on pieces I was, you know, I would dabble my toe into real estate. So mm. I'd be on the phone trying to negotiate deals as I'm in an edit room. Mm. And I just knew that if I really dedicate myself to this, I can do it really well. But so many people, um, especially when you feel like you've reached whatever this level is in, in, one, in one field, they're afraid, they're afraid to make that pivot. They're afraid to, to start over. And, you know, a, a long time ago, I used to say fear is crippling. And mm. fear can just keep you in a space and in a box. And, and, and we know for there to be growth, you have to be uncomfortable. Mm. And so when you go to this different space and you're uncomfortable in this space, that's what drives you. Mm. And I knew that the same, but it's the same inner feeling I had when I first started in television, that I knew I can have an impact there. And I knew, and I know, and I knew then that I can have an impact in real estate as well. Mm. So and one other thing, and if I would add a third word, uh, which you said, and you really hit on the head, is a humility. You have to have that humility to say, okay, I'm going to start over. Mm. And there aren't too many people that, 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 that are willing to do that. And I'll tell you just a quick little story. That's what really led to uh, my fiance and I, because she did the same thing. Mm. She was you know, great in, in the beauty space. Um, for several brands, and then she started her own company, and and had two or three, you know, two um, storefronts in Brooklyn, and was getting a tremendous amount of press. Uh, the mayor gave her different awards, and she was recognized with stuff, great uh, campaigns. But she decided to make that pivot, mm. and that was the attraction that you you have that same level of confidence to do what I just did. That I know you're 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 someone that's special. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's important when you have that faith and that confidence and, and you know what, what, it, what it entails mm-hmm. because you did it already. Mm-hmm. When you did it previously, you know how difficult of a challenge it was, but you want to do it nonetheless because when you get on that other side, that, that success is just, that's why Emmys and stuff aren't necessary mm-hmm. because when you get to the other side in, in, in real estate, you know that you've succeeded and you've won. And it's really an internal battle is really what it is because you have to, and I, t- I always say, um, 
I'm, we talked about therapy earlier. I'm like my, my own personal therapist through real estate hmm. because there's that one part of you that knows, okay, this is messed up what happened, but you're going to get through this. You know, you've had difficult transactions before, you know what to anticipate, you'll be fine. But in that moment, I'm completely frustrated. Hmm. So it's like, that's really what it is. That, that's really what it is. And you know that, you know, it, it's, you just, it's like when you work out, and you don't see the results, but you mm. continue to work out because you know they're going to come. Mm. It's the same type of thing. Yeah. It's the same type of thing. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I've been, um, I've been feeling that because like, um, so maybe five, six weeks ago, um, I left my job to do this podcast full time. Okay. And there, there's like a jump there, right? Like I was doing this podcast for over a year before that. Um, but every now and then, once you see a certain level of proof and you see that there's something out there for you and something that you really love and enjoy and want to put your time in, you have to make the jump. And then once you make the jump, there's then like this, you're on this whole new journey where, um, and especially in those initial moments, and you kind of spoke to it, mm -hmm. there's a ton of uncertainty. You feel deeply uncomfortable. And um, it's funny because I've had a very similar thing where it's like, there's almost, you have like a voice in your head that's just telling you to like stay poised mm -hmm. because there's certain things that are happening. Like um, it takes time for, for you to see the fruit of your decision and of the work that you've put in. And in that time, it's like, um, if there's a volume knob for like your self doubt, oh. it's like starting to like prick up a little yeah, bit. Completely. <laughs> and yeah, like you're starting to feel it. But With you're like, heavy bass yeah. too. Like. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is getting a bit louder in here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and you just need, but it's, it's funny because I have that. Like there's the, there's a voice that is just stay calm. Like you've got it. Like just stay, stay in the moment. Stay, mm -hmm. stay there. Yeah. Don't, don't lose it. Um, really take us in depth into those initial moments with real estate. Um, when, when were the moments when that self-doubt was just, it was just at a max. It was at its highest. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you, pe people who work in real estate will definitely relate to this. Is those moments when you're not getting paid? Yeah, those are the moments oh, yeah, when, when the transactions, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's you eat what you kill. Yeah, and when things aren't happen, th that's the moment. That's the moment when you start to think, oh, it'll be pretty easy if I can just go freelance somewhere and, and do something in production and, and and get like a six month gig. It'd be pretty easy. Mm -hmm. But then it'll prolong that process. It's like it's a necessary. It's a rite of passage. It's really a rite of passage and you have to, um, you have to be able to withstand that storm. You know, there are times when, um, when even when you, and then when you do get, um, you know, you, you close out some, and I'm talking about sales primarily. And when you close out, you know, a big transaction, it feels great. And then, you know, then you got to like, what's next, mm. you know? So it's like, you have to constantly stay on the grind, um, to look for the next transaction and, and to, you know, Obviously, you, you work within your, your sphere and you have referrals and everything else, but it's still, that's still a part of it, mm. you know? And, and that was the, that, that the biggest thing was just, you know, understanding that you're doing the right stuff. These moments of uncertainty will pass mm. and just continue with the work. Mm. Continue with the work and you're going to get the results. And you start to see little little bit of results here and there. It's like you said, it's, it's you're planting a seed and you can water it and you water it and water it and a flower doesn't bloom. Mm. But then when that flower blooms, 
you have huge sunflowers, you know, you have a whole garden, mm. you know, so it's, that's really what it is. That's why, you know, those, those, that faith, confidence, humility, and resilience, mm. you know, those things are so key, so mm. key. Mm. You know, and if you speak to anyone that, that does this, you know, you even talked about it that you, you've, you've had that or you're having or what have you, those, those emotions, mm. that's part of the process. Mm. That's part of the process. Yeah. You know, everyone, you know, you think about movie stars, whether it be Steve Harvey that lived in his car or, or, or Tyler Perry that lived in his car or the rock mm. that got, you know, cut from university of Miami and then didn't play at CFL and only had like $200 in his pocket and then went to Hollywood. Mm. Like everyone has that story, that path, you know? And there are a lot of people that just turn back. Mm. The ones that stick it through and they do the work there and they get, you know, with the right um, coaches, you know, to really improve at the craft, they succeed. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it is. It doesn't, it's across the board. Yeah. It's across the board. Yeah. You, yeah. you, know, you know, it's, because um, I, I, I am in that emotion right now and I haven't had the, um, haven't had the first big transaction. I haven't mm-hmm. had that, that first win yet. But it's um. Well, I'm here, so here you go. Here you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. There's, there's been a there's been a there's been a ton of wins with the, um, with the podcast, right? And having like incredible conversations, um, but that first big like financial transaction, yeah, yeah. which shows you like this isn't just a great creative endeavor that's mm-hmm. like impacting people, but like I can make a living yeah, off of this. There's sponsors, no, yeah. There's not yeah, the yeah. that validity yet, but um that said i wouldn't trade it for anything and even when you talk about um comedians famous actors uh musicians people that are sleeping in their car before they hit it big there's something that's very fulfilling about just and maybe this is the risk taker in me is um just being like i put it on the line Mm -hmm. like i believed in this thing so much that i actually put everything on the line and um there's people and i've even had these moments when like you're doing a lot of talking without putting it on the line Mm. i think a lot of um i think even like nipsey hustle and a lot of like entrepreneurs would talk about this is like um it's different when you're putting your own money up yeah like when you put your own money up that's like now you're like really an entrepreneur because you're you take the risk. If it doesn't right. go well, it's on you. Mm-hmm. And um, even though it hasn't happened yet, there's something so fulfilling about just being like, I'm in the game. Mm-hmm. Like you dream of moments like that, of being right. like, I'm really doing this. Right. Like I'm really living, um, like living it. Like I'm, I'm doing it 100%. And I think there's something to be said when you say um, putting your money up. There's something to be said for that, sweat equity versus check equity mm. and 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 you know you may not be putting your money up but you're putting the sweat equity up mm. by doing this mm. and that's just that's just as important mm. um you know I, some people may say that's even more important because it's like in order to get the money whether it be from a third party sponsor whomever it is this is where it starts mm. this is where it starts so that's that's the path towards that next the next goal mm. You know, so once you're doing this and, and, and I tell people this, that, you know, it's easy to make the decision to do the pivot, 
but the hard part is to get debt is become dedicated to doing it every single day. Mm. And, and that's, that's really the, where the wins begin, you know? So you're well on your way. You're well mm. on your way. Cause you're, 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 the seed is, is you're, you're watering the, the seed right now, Yeah, you know? So it, yeah. it, it's going to blossom. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. Um, I want to talk more about your early days in real estate. Okay. Um, if you were going to think about like your first year, you spoke about uh, the importance of not only making the pivot, but being dedicated to it. Mm -hmm. That first year, those initial stages, um, what was that even like? Like, where did you start? What were you doing in those in those initial stages? What was the dedication? What did it look like? Well, the 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 dedication there, as I mentioned earlier, has a lot to do with the the coaching. Mm. Um, and so I relied heavily on the coaching um, to come up with different marketing strategies. I just needed someone to give me some insight, um, even about uh, uh, transactional processes. I knew enough about it, but there were some things that I was a little bit uncertain about. So I got the clarity there. And I don't forget like one of my um, first sales that I, I, I did and I, um, I used a third party to get some type of leads and then I got a, I got a lead and they were looking to sell their property. Mm. And so, um, I don't know, maybe they just, they had, you know, a liking to me. So they gave me the opportunity. I, I barely knew what I was doing at that point. Mm. But what I did know um, was how to market. Mm. So after I sold, uh, and there was, and there, <laughs> and there was a broker that you know in real estate, oftentimes people try to um, make buildings their own, whether they live in the building or they've sold in the building before. They try to become the broker of a yeah, house, yeah. I've you know, seen that, yeah. in in the building. So there was someone that was there, and I was so naive. I mean, frankly, even if I know now, I'd still do it. But I was so naive and had no idea that there was someone there. So once I sold the one property and, and that person came in and she was like, oh, that's cute. You're doing one. And she was like, oh, you'll be one and gone. <laughs> so because of the, of the, um, the coaching that I had, I, had I, I drafted a letter and I had the seller review the letter. Um, and basically it was just yeah, speaking about my, you know, how well of a job, how good of a job I did for her and her transaction, got her X amount of dollars over ask of it up. If you're going to need someone, if you're going to sell use this person and I, and then I had her sign it mm. and I made copies and I put it in, I sent it to every single person in that building, mm. including the person that, uh, that lived in the building that was a broker. Yeah. And she was like, there's no way in the world she wrote that letter. He made it up. That's not true. I know her because then, then I got another listing in the building. Mm. Um, the, the, I think the mother's uh, place, I then sold the mother's place. Mm. Then it was a third listing in the building. Oh, uh, she was just, <laughs> and then she called the managing, um, the managing director of the building. This guy's doing this. He's doing that. And, you know, it was a whole uproar, but the whole point is because I leaned on that coaching and I did something creative, um, mm. that now people do regularly. Um, that was like my first, my first big win, but because I wanted to expedite that process with coaching, that's what it did yeah. for me. And then from there, you know, things started taking off after that. But it was it was it, it was that moment that I knew okay, I could if I'm if I'm affecting her that much and I just got into this I, yeah I have something else up my sleeve for you. yeah so it was that was an interesting moment yeah you that's actually it's a it's a beautiful journey going from being like underestimated to the point like almost dismissed mm -hmm. to the point of like um, 
you like have to be acknowledged right right, right, um, right. it's like I it's, remember, yeah I remember she called my manager and was like this guy's doing it in in my manager what 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 is this and then i just showed him the letter i was like oh she's just pissed yeah and then it was a moot point at that point yeah um how long did you work like with a coach and then what was it like or do you still work with a coach like what was it like when you stopped or um yeah i worked with the coach for like maybe two to three years when i first started mm-hmm um, that's where I put my, I put my money there into doing that. Um, and even now I still, I don't work with a coach directly, but at Sirhant we have, um, uh, an entire cello like Sirhant or educational piece. Yeah. And I so, yeah. So I, um, actually, um, was a moderator for one of the pieces and myself and my fiance was featured in, uh, business in a box, which was, um, one of the last programs that came out. Um, and I still, I still go back to that, um, because it's, you know, I always looking for new ways and creative ways to do things. Mm. Um, so I'm still a big believer in coaching. Mm. Um, so I would, again, I wouldn't recommend that to everyone to do that. Even if you've been in the business, especially if you've been in a business for a while, some way to retool some Mm. of the strategies you use. And if you're new to the business, um, a way of determining, uh, what works for you or or what you should be doing. Mm. So that was, yeah, I'm still a big, big believer in that. Yeah. Now the retool, that's a, that's a big thing. I remember we had a guest that said, um, you have to constantly reinvent yourself. Completely. Um, that's a part of humility as well. It's like even just having the thought of like, I need to retool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. So when you, so you're growing, you have the coach, you're selling properties, Mm -hmm. you're, you're getting acknowledged. People are calling out pissed. Yeah. Um, what was like, how did you meet Ryan? Like, what was the next, what was the next jump? Right. So, um, with meeting Ryan, that actually happened ironically through my fiance. So we were both at that time in another, another firm. And, um, you know, we were, Ryan had reached out and I told her that, we should definitely go there. I'll leave my current, because I knew what they, the structure that they had. Mm. I knew the impact that I can have um, coupled with the talent that they have there. Mm. I didn't know the capacity, you know, the, the yeah, I guess the quality of the uh, production folks. But now in retrospect, I realized they're excellent. Mm. Um, very similar to like the, uh, the network level people that I worked with. Wow. Um, but I didn't know that. But I knew that I could, I could mold whomever I work with to really get certain quality of production. Mm. Um, and I knew that it was the direction that the industry was going and we really needed that support internally. Mm. And um, so I was like, listen, let, let, let's do it. Then I met with Ryan. Uh, we both met with Ryan. And I, I never forget this. He, I don't know if you'll even remember, but I told him, look, um, we're not looking to be, to recreate, to fold, to morph our brand into yours. You know, we want to have our own identity um, and be aligned with you. And I, and I told him, I said, we want you to be, um, the, we want to be the Bieber to your usher, mm. you know, or Drake and, or Lil Wayne and Drake. Mm. That's what we want. Yeah. We don't want to be like just <laughs> under your umbrella and just getting anything that you get. That's yeah. not what we want. And so, um, I think he was a little like, he laughed at that. He's like, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Like he's always, Ryan's always gung ho for whatever type of creative thing you want to do. But yeah. um, 
I don't think, no, no, I don't think, I know he didn't expect for us to have the impact that we had when we, when we got there and we continue to have now. So, um, but that's how, that's how we met. And I think that, that kind of, um, had a lasting impression, mm. uh, with him. And so we just continue to, to do stuff, to push the envelope, to do, um, different things at the firm, to, um, you know, understand the importance of diversity, um, mm. bringing, having, you know, other events there that speak to that. Um, I mean, one of the first things we did was a uh, Black History Month piece that I directed, and I got a lot of the um, the the Black and minority. Well, this was specifically for the Black um, agents to speak to, you know, the issues and the struggles they have getting into the luxury space mm. um, and how they deal with that on a day to day. And I, and and to this day, there's never been a firm that's done anything that poignant mm. um, that really spoke directly to Black history. I mean, there'll be some firms that have like a great Instagram post and, you know, th yeah. those type of, you know, check the box, check the boxes type thing, but nothing that really had that level of impact. And, and the level of responses I got from agents throughout the country because of that was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really speaks to us pushing the envelope, but more importantly, it speaks to Ryan and being open to it mm -hmm. and understanding the importance of it. So for things like that, I really commend them for. And then most recently we had, you know, my fiance had a Money Matters event that mm. was about um, women and, and finance. It was a room full of 85, you know, primarily African-American women and speakers that um, the importance of finance and with one of the top uh, female um, developers in the country mm. um, was the keynote speaker. So those type of things that really um, are important to try to change the, the narrative in real estate are things that Ryan is open to. Mm. And I think that needs to be recognized mm. um, because a lot of other firms um, wouldn't do it or wouldn't do it to that capacity, I would mm. say. Right. Yeah. No, it's actually, it's a, it's a great thing even about being able to do um, a podcast is like being able to like illuminate stories like that mm -hmm. because... I think especially in the black community, so often the stories we see and they're inspirational stories, incredible people, but it's typically um, athletes. It's your like LeBron, uh, your Dwayne Wade, your Kobe Bryant, and they're incredible or it's your musicians. Um, but there's, we, like, we have so much talent in our community. Oh, yeah. uh, like we go way past just like sports and yeah. like music. Uh, like the business acumen, the marketing, the branding, mm -hmm. um, like it's special. And I think it's, it's powerful that like uh, the younger generation in our community as well is able to see those stories and see that there's more pathways than just being the next LeBron, just being the next Lamar Jackson, just being the next uh, Drake or P Diddy or right. um like there's power, there's power in that narrative and in those stories being told. No, absolutely. I mean, and to that point, we had an event, an Agents of Color event mm. um, that, that we held at um, this year for Black History that we held at the Sirhan House. And I brought my 11-year-old daughter mm. and I wanted her to be in the room to, to, to have the impact of seeing all these Agents of Color and, and you know, seeing that there's other opportunities and there are other things outside of what you spoke about. Mm. You know, I think it's important to have that type of messaging Mm. Um, because I frankly didn't have that when I was younger, yeah. you know, I didn't know of any, anyone else in, in, in television production that was, you know, at, at this capacity, mm. you know, nor did I know anyone in real estate. 
So I think when when um, we see these these actual examples of excellence, um, it'll have impact, and it continues to have impact on on our future. Yeah, you know, as a whole, yeah. as a whole, hundred percent. And it's really, and and frankly, that that's that's a, that should be the microcosm of America. You know, mm. to see a diverse space where everyone succeeds, mm. you know, and then just allow your talent, you know, um, to be that, that that really takes you to the top in, um, in a, you know, in, theoretically, that's what we should, we, we want America to be. Yeah. But we know there's still obstacles there, but separate and apart from that, uh, I think those examples are important. Yeah. I think that the, the really important thing for me is like, I just want people to have like the belief um i think it's something that i i've been blessed with and i think a lot of it does come from like your parents and like mm -hmm. how you grow up and the family structure around you and what they kind of instill into you um but it 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 just gets really special when you actually have that belief that you can do something um that maybe at the time your results don't indicate that you could do that but just having that belief and the foresight of like if I put the work in, like, I won't be able to be stopped. Like, it will, it will be inevitable. Like, it will just, it will happen. Um, and I think a lot of the times in the stories that I've heard, in the conversations that I've had in my own life, it starts with the belief. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to, um, to give back. Hmm. Because, you know, I can have tremendous success in a luxury space and, be on television or do production stuff, whatever it is. But the real, and when you mentioned Nipsey Hussle, I thought about him that he said uh, that Rick Ross told me, told him once that the really way you get to measure your success is how many other people are you able to help to, to get to your level. Mm. Um, now that may not be literally being able to do that, but at least being able to speak to a certain audience to let them know to have, like you said before, that belief, mm. because that belief will spark the the drive mm. for them to do the work, to know that that's something that's that's possible, and then you can see the other people that are affected by that one person that's affected by you, and it's you know the trickle down effect, and everyone starts to really be impacted by it. Mm. And I think that's what's really important is for us to be um, cognizant of that, and and to constantly have a some means of giving back to the to the community to help yeah know, in any way shape we can any yeah. way shape or form we can yeah no 100 percent um okay here's where i want to go next okay you've obviously worked with some of the like the best agents in the field mm -hmm. uh you work with ryan right. who like um it's funny actually i was telling my mom because my mom loves um Million Dollar Listings, New okay. York. Yeah. Like we used to watch it for years. Wow. Um, well, too bad that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> but there may be other uh, things coming soon. Yeah. I'll, I'll leave it. I'll, that, oh, that's, okay. that, that's a cliffhanger. Okay, nice. Stand by. Nice. Um, oh, that, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> that uh, was a mic drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a mic drop moment. Um, but there's so many like special agents that were on that show. Like they were like incredibly successful, mm -hmm. have sold probably like billions of dollars of real estate at that point. Um, let's start with talking about Ryan, actually. Okay. Um, working with him 
seeing and he's someone that he's kind of gone into new spaces and done things in a different way even before this uh podcast i was looking at his youtube mm-hmm. uh he's killing it on youtube and then that's now dovetailing into real estate um what kind of stands out about ryan just from like working with him like what's something that would surprise people you know and i talked about this before how instagram seems to be like a highlight reel of successes mm. but what stands out with ryan is his his work ethic and his commitment to being better every single day mm. and his um his tenacity i mean this is a guy that gets up i want to say either 4:30 or 5 o'clock every day mm. he works out every day he um he i don't know if he still meal preps but he definitely um intermittent fasts I mean, and not just your standard, I intermittent fast, not just standard eight to 10 hours or 12 hours. He will do an entire day of, of uh, fasting. I mean, the mental fortitude that he has um, mm. is something that I, I, I look at in, in every day. And then if he's like, we've gone out to dinner before, only once. <laughs> you know, I've already got to him with dinner with him one time that he's actually eaten a meal in its entirety. You know, he'll have morsels here, morsels there, because he's cognizant of what he's eating, of his diet, and yeah. he's, he's sticking to it. So that discipline, that's what it really comes down to. The level yeah. of discipline that he has for to continue to learn and to be dedicated is something that, that um, I think people just don't know because they see Ryan, like you said, the YouTube Ryan, the, the millionaire listing Ryan or whatever mm. else, but they don't see the Ryan that, that puts in the work mm. because, you know, you talk about educating. This is someone that that isn't even from New York, mm. you know, who went through everything we talked about. Mm. You know that that the ebbs and flows of the business had an opportunity, ended up on the show as a hand model, yeah. and then now he's you know he took that and it, it catapulted into his career. Mm. You know, and that's someone that that really um, pushes the importance of of creating your brand. Mm. Um, and each in the, yeah we work at Sirhant, but each individual agent is a brand, mm. and that's what he he pushes. And and clearly, when you look at him and his level of success, there's no reason why you wouldn't think that 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 shouldn't um, resonate with you. Mm. So I, I do the same thing. I'm creating my brand. You know, I'm establishing that JSA stamp. Mm. You know, that uh, team Trisha Lee, Trisha and I. You know that that that's a brand. Mm. We're individual and we're together. So. That's what, that, that's what I really get from Ryan is his level of discipline that I think is, is quite honestly like unmatched. Yeah. Unmatched. Yeah. It's, it's funny actually because I remember watching, um, I think he had like a day on the live in his, on his YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it starts and it's like he's filming it in New York and it's the morning, but it's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like outside of a gym somewhere. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm just about to get the workout in. Yeah. Um, and then I think he does like the next day and it's like the same thing yeah. again. It's yeah. like clockwork. Um, I would say the, the thing that stood out from watching him on the show, because uh, obviously like every, they're all like great salespeople. Mm-hmm. They're all like engaging, like charismatic, whatever. But it was like how creative he was. Um, and like you would see some of the things that he would do to like sell properties. Like at open houses, he's like dressed up in some costume and you're like, what is right, going right. on? But it, I, like, thought, it leaves I thought him. you would go the other way when he's not dressed and he has, has his butt showing on a, in, a, yeah. in a shower seat or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's... Because um... that was a, that was a uh, 
a great moment on Million Dollar Listing too that he always talks about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm curious actually as someone that's um, worked with him. Are there any like crazy Ryan Serhant stories of like where you're just like that is an out of the box thinker right there? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Now, I haven't been with him that long, so I, I, I wasn't really privy to all the bizarre stuff that he did on Million Dollar Listing, <laughs> but I would tell you this, that he's open to any type of creative idea that you have. Mm. He's not going to you know poo-poo on it and say, oh, no, no. He's going to push and he's going to say, let's do it. Mm. Let's do it. And to have that kind of support you know, from uh, the company that you work with to just give you like within reason, like carte blanche of doing whatever you want to do. Mm. That's, that's great. Mm. And for me as a creative, that's even better mm. because now I'm working with a creative and I could, I, we have a department full of creatives in our studio team. Yeah. So I can go to them and say, Hey, and we speak the same language. Let's do this. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's almost like I like to challenge them. And I think there's a part of them that enjoys that too, because after a while, you know, you don't have too many creative people in 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 um, in real estate, some people so you end up doing maybe a lot of cookie cutter stuff, and every once in a while you have something that's outside of the box mm. that you can really do. And I like to do that to push the team, the production team, and they 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 like it also. They yeah. like it also. And then Ryan, once the once the final product is over, Ryan just loves it. Yeah, you know. So that I haven't said anything crazy, but there's going to be some crazy things happening soon. Yeah, I could I could I could promise you that. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that I thought was really cool uh, when I looked at your your Instagram um, and like just different social pages is um, that you work with your wife mm-hmm. and that you guys are building something together. Um, I feel like there must be like, there's probably married couples around the country, around the world that look at that and they're like, I wonder what his experience is yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how that is. <laughs> I mean, that 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 is and continues to be a work in progress. Yeah. Um, because we've only worked together. This last year was our first year working together. And that was interesting because we had to determine, we had to get a better sense of each other's strengths mm. and be able to just, you know, let that person lead in, in that, in that, whatever that genre is. So that was part of it. And then establishing hard outs, mm. you know, like we're done at seven o'clock. We're not talking anything work related, mm. um, which I probably should tell you, I probably break that all the time. If there's something <laughs> like, especially something creative, I'll say, Hey, why don't we try and do this? Like, I remember once we were watching something on Netflix and I was like, Oh, that'd be perfect for us to do our next, um, property tour. Mm. And then we went, we went to, um, we went to the studios the next day and said, hey, here's what we want to do. We want to recreate a bunch of Trisha Lee's and she's playing chess against herself and then she's in the back. And, and then and I forget <laughs> what, what movie it was from. It was someone who took some type of drug and they started just cleaning up the entire apartment and moving so quickly and they were like yeah. multiple shots to them. So we did that. But it's, 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 um, it's interesting. And then you have to, you know, just in general, pick your battles. You know, mm. like when there are things that, you know, I know that she may make, deemed to be more important than I, that I think is important. And then so like, okay, you, you think that's important? You run with it and you mm. do that. I'll support you, but you take the lead on that. Mm. So it's just really understanding um, how we think differently, mm. um, but yet ultimately coming up with the same final result on, you know, whether it be 
selling a property for the the client. Uh, you know, the client's always number one. Mm. So we may take different paths to get there, but but we get there. And she's definitely, um, I'd say that she's definitely um, earning her stripes in the TV space. Mm. She may not know the terminology and stuff, but she's starting to, you know, want to do something this way and that way. And then I'll just tell Jeff, and he'll. He'll 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 let translate it to you into what makes sense. Yeah. So that, 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 that that's, that's what we'll do. But it's 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 a process. It's a process, and it is just like you know marriage in general. It's a process, you know, and you have to work at it. Yeah. So the good thing, and then she was always, I'll say this, she was always reluctant with us to you know for the whole idea of us working together because you'd just be too much. But I think the fact that we're not in a brick and mortar store, as it were, mm. it's just you know. She's working on something else. I'm working somewhere else. So we aren't together all the time. Mm. So that's what gives the reprieve. But it's it's still, you know, it's still a challenge. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's I would much rather work with her than anyone else, knowing mm. that she has my back wholeheartedly. Yeah. And and I don't know of a better marketing person than her. Mm. You know, so it's like understanding her strengths and relying on that and letting her run with it because there aren't too many people that do it better than she does. Yeah. You know, and, and recognizing that. And that and you talk about humility. Mm. That's some level of humility, especially as a man, to say, oh, and, and not to mention the team is the Trisha Lee team. Mm. So that's where you talk about pick your battles. Like I, I don't I don't care the name. Yeah. You know. So um that's what it is, is just really understanding um, you know, who's who's stronger, certain things, and letting them run with it, and then finding that comfortable medium. Yeah. But at the end of the day, even even if we have um, differences, which we do, mm. you know, when there be, you know, uh, direction on pitches, if it's my client versus her, her client, who should take the lead? How are we doing this? Mm. And we'll, we'll, we both are very adamant in our positions. Mm. And if you're like on the outside looking in, you're like, ooh, this is getting kind of hairy. But <laughs> it really isn't. It's just us yeah. like expressing ourselves and how we feel. And then it's over. Then it's yeah. done. But, um, it can get a little dicey, but it, it's it's part of you know how we communicate. And at that point, we aren't necessarily husband and wife. We're like two people who are two leads on a team who have a position on that we think is 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 best on how to approach for the ultimate success. Mm. And then we figure out you know how to make it work. Yeah, you know what I was thinking actually, because you said um, you love working with someone that like has your back, mm -hmm. and um, I was thinking sometimes there's a lot of trust in conflict. Mm. Um, and here's what I mean like that by that. Sometimes when you're uh, in conflict or going back and forth with someone, there's actually a lot of trust in that interaction because you have to have enough belief and trust in that person that it's not going to spiral. Mm -hmm. Like certain people, you'll never even let it get to a point where you're like in any sort of disagreement because you don't trust what their temperament is. Right. And it's funny because even... Um, with my family a lot of the times i'll ask them for like advice and sometimes if it's like hotly contested like it will be we're going back and forth mm -hmm. and it can seem heated um but that's because we both know each other's temperament i know that what my mom is telling me is a hundred percent in the best interest of what i'm trying to build so when we're going back and forth i'm not thinking that she's making personal remarks or anything like that it's just about getting to the idea. It's just about getting to the truth. Um, yeah. One thing I'm actually, I don't know if I'm going to get you into like your relationship advice <laughs> back right here with this question. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I'm 25. Okay. Uh, you're obviously happily married now. You have a daughter. Um, 
if you were to go back to your 25 year old self and drop some relationship wisdom uh from like just what you've what you've experienced um and i liked when you even said like it's a challenge because i feel like that's it's real it's like Mm -hmm. the real um what would you say to yourself be very selective Mm. be very selective because whomever you whomever what i would tell you is whomever just relationship wise whomever you're dating consider yourself um consider if that would be someone that you want to have a child with Mm. and if you would want any of their traits to be part of that child that you guys have together Mm. because that your partner is if I were to give it a percentage, I would say seventy five percent important to the level of success equating to the level of success that you have, because however they think, you know you hang around four billionaires, you're going to be the fifth billionaire. Mm. you're going to spend most of your time with your partner, so make sure someone that their goals, their ideologies, their belief system aligns with you because that's going to impact you one way or the other. You ever notice how people say, you know, you, you, uh, couples end up looking alike or start, yeah. you know, all of a sudden they, they not necessarily dress alike, but they start to look alike and act alike and, and sound like each other mm. because you spend so much time with each other. So if you, if that partner isn't someone that you can see you build with, then I would, I would minimize the amount of time that you spend there. Mm. Because even if it's for like a short-lived two-year relationship or a year, whatever it is, that's a year that you can find someone else mm. that would be more ideal uh, for you. So get beyond the, the physical mm. and look at internally who the person is. And if you could you know, procreate with that person, mm. you know, if you could, are, are they aligned with, with your principles and your values? Mm. And if they aren't, you know, don't spend too much time. that's what i'll say don't spend too much time with that person that's what i would tell myself yeah that's what i tell tell that's solid that's a high bar as well yeah yeah because then then you really have to look into the high bar is really for you Mm. to then determine you know what are those values what are those systems Mm. you know what what is it that works with you that you're looking for in someone else so it takes to do the work internally first Mm. to then be able to find you know that partner yeah you know so it's 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 a process. Yeah. It's a process. But I think that that's what I would tell myself. Yeah. That's exactly what I would tell myself. That's impactful, man. That's impactful. Okay. Before we before we get out of here, um you gave us a slight teaser. Oh, yeah. With the million dollar listing um mic drop moment that you had. Right. Is there anything more that you can tell us? Um just stay tuned. That's what I can tell you. Stay tuned. Um, there'll be more Ryan and company, um, potentially, um, but stay tuned. There should be, stay tuned. Something, something, something soon. Something may happen soon. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is my, is my mom going to be happy? Cause she loves that show. I mean, I don't know if she's going to be happy. She may be. I think she, she probably will be. We'll okay. see. We'll see. I just, I'll just put an asterisk next to that. Okay, cool. Perhaps. <laughs> okay, cool. No, that's a wrap. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, man. It's no, a pleasure likewise. You. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel.
We're having fire conversations every week on the podcast. Before we end the episode, a quick word from our sponsor, Free Agency. What if I told you there is a good chance you're leaving money on the table in your career? It would kind of annoy you a bit, right? Well, Free Agency aims to stop that. They represent and manage talent in the tech industry. Here's how they do it. First, they provide you with a dedicated talent agent. Think about this as your career quarterback. They understand you and your career goals. Based on that understanding, they bring you suitable interviews at top firms. You focus on smashing the interview and together with their network, research, negotiation expertise, they will make sure you get a top of market salary. Stop job searching alone and start building your dream career today with free agency.